pilgrimage volume one pointed roofs by dorothy richardson chapter ten sections one through five this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine chapter ten section one towards the end of june there were frequent excursions into all the gatherings at waldstrasse the outside world came like a presence it removed the sense of pressure of being confronted and challenged everything that was said seemed to be incidental to it like remarks dropped in a low tone between individuals at a great conference miriam wondered again and again whether her companions shared this sense with her sometimes when they were all sitting together she longed to ask to find out to get some public acknowledgment of the magic that lay over everything at times it seemed as if they could all be still for a moment it must take shape it was everywhere in the food in the fragrance rising from the open lid of the tea-urn in all the needful unquestioned movements the requests the handings and thanks the going from room to room the partings and assemblings it hung about the fabrics and fittings of the house overwhelmingly it came in through oblongs of window giving on to stairways going upstairs in the light pouring in from some uncurtained window she would cease for a moment to breathe whenever she found herself alone she began to sing softly when she was with others a head drooped or lifted the movement of a hand the light falling along the detail of a profile could fill her with happiness it made companionship a perpetual question at rare moments there would come a tingling from head to foot a faint buzzing at her lips and at the tip of each finger at these moments she could raise her eyes calmly to those about her and drink in the fact of their presence see them all with perfect distinctness but without distinguishing one from the other she wanted to say isn't it extraordinary do you realize she felt that if only she could make her meaning clear all difficulties must vanish outside in the open going forward to some goal through sunny mornings wading through the scented undergrowth of the woods she would dream of the secure return to waldstrasse their own beleaguered place she saw it opening out warm and familiar back and back to the strange beginning in the winter they would be there again tonight, singing section two one morning she knew that there was going to be a change the term was coming to an end there was to be a going away the girls were talking about norderney going to norderney hendy jimmy said suddenly ah she responded mysteriously for the rest of that day she sat contracted and fearful section three you shall write and inquire of your good parents what they would have you do you shall tell them that the german girls return all to their homes that the english pupils go for a happy holiday to the sea oh yes said miriam conversationally with trembling breath it is of course evident that since you will have no duties to perform i cannot support the expense of your travelling and your maintenance oh no of course not said miriam her hands pressed against her knee she sat shivering in the warm dim zoll shaded by the close sun-blinds it looked as she had seen it with her father for the first time and frulein sitting near seemed to be once more in the heavy panniered blue velvet dress she waited stiff and ugly till frulein secure and summer-clad spoke softly again you think my child you shall like the profession of a teacher oh yes said miriam from the midst of a tingling flush i think you have many qualities that make the teacher you are earnest and serious-minded grave sometimes perhaps over-grave for your years 
but you have a serious fault which must be corrected if you wish to succeed in your calling miriam tried to pull her features into an easy inquiring seriousness a darkness was threatening her you have a most unfortunate manner without relaxing miriam quivered she felt the blood mount to her head you must adopt a quite quite different manner your influence is i think good a good english influence in its most general effect but it is too slightly so and of too much indirection you must exert it yourself in a manner more alive you must make it your aim that you shall have a responsible influence a direct personal influence you have too much of chill and formality it makes a stiffness that i am willing to believe you do not intend miriam felt a faint dizziness if you should fail to become more genial more simple and natural as to your bearing you will neither make yourself understood nor will you be loved by your pupils no responded miriam assuming an air of puzzled and interested consideration of frulein's words she was recovering she must get to the end of the interview and get away and find the answer far away beneath her fear and indignation frulein was answered she must get away and say the answer to herself to truly fulfil the most serious role of the teacher you must enter into the personality of each pupil and must sympathise with the struggles of each one upon the path on which our feet are set efforts to good kindliness and thought for others must be encouraged the teacher shall be sunshine human sunshine encouraging all effort and all lovely things in the personality of the pupil Fräulein rose and stood tall then her half-tottering decorous footsteps began miriam had hardly listened to her last words she felt tears of anger rising and tried to smile i shall say now no more but when you shall hear from your good parents we can further discuss our plans Fräulein was at the door Fräulein left the saal by the small door and miriam felt her way to the schoolroom the girls were gathering there ready for a walk some were in the hall and frulein's voice was giving instructions machen sie schnell miss henderson she called frulein had never before called to her like that it had always been as if she did not see her but assumed her ready to fall in with the general movements now it was frulein calling to her as she might do to gertrude or solomon there was no hurried whisper from jimmy telling her to fly for her life ja frulein she cried gaily and blundered towards the basement stairs mademoiselle was standing averted at the head of them miriam glanced at her her face was red and swollen with crying the sight amazed miriam she considered the swollen suffusion under the large black hat as she ran downstairs she hoped mademoiselle did not see her glance mademoiselle standing there all disfigured and blotchy about something it was nothing it couldn't be anything if any one were dead she would not be standing there it was just some silly prim french quirk her dignity someone had been grossière and there she stood in her black hat and black cotton gloves hurriedly putting on her hat and long lace scarf she decided that she would not change her shoes somewhere out in the sunshine a hurdy-gurdy piped out the air of das du mich liebst das wusst ich she glanced at the frosted barred window through which the dim light came into the dressing-room the piping notes out of tune wrongly emphasized slurring one into the other followed her across the dark basement hall and came faintly to her as she went slowly upstairs there was no hurry everyone was talking busily in the hall drowning the sound of her footsteps she had forgotten her gloves 
she went back into the cool grey musty rooms a little crack in an upper pane shone like a gold thread the barrel organ piped as she stooped to gather up her gloves from the floor she felt the cold stone firm and secure under her hand and the house stood up all round her with its rooms and the light lying along stairways and passages and outside the bright hot sunshine and the roadways leading in all directions out into germany how could fraulein possibly think she could afford to go to norderney they would all go things would go on she could not go there nor back to england it was cruel just torture and worry again with the bright house all round her the high rooms the dark old pianos strange old garret the unopened door beyond it no help anywhere section four as they walked she laughed and talked with the girls responding excitedly to all that was said they walked along a broad and almost empty boulevard in two rows of four and five abreast with mademoiselle and judy bringing up the rear the talk was general and there was much laughter it was the kind of interchange that arose when they were all together and there was anything in the air the kind that miriam most disliked she joined in it feverishly it's perfectly natural that they should all be excited about the holidays she told herself stifling her thoughts but it must not go too far they wanted to be jolly if i could be jolly too they would like me i must not be a wet blanket mademoiselle's voice was not heard miriam felt that the steering of the conversation might fall to any one mademoiselle was extinguished she must exert her influence presently she forgot mademoiselle's presence altogether they were all walking along very quickly if she were going to norderney with the english girls she must be on easy terms with them aha somebody was saying aho said miriam in response hi hi came another voice tri la la trilled bertha martin gently you mean tra la ha tea said miriam good for you hendy blared gertrude in a swinging middle tone chalk it up chalk it up children giggled jimmy milly looked pensively about her with vague disapproval her eyebrows were up it seemed as if anything might happen as if at any moment they might all begin running in different directions cave my dear brats be arty came bertha's cool even tones ah we are observed no we are not observed the observer observeth not miriam saw her companions looking across the boulevard following their eyes she found the figure of pastor lahmann walking swiftly bag in hand in the direction of an opening into a side street ah she cried gaily voila monsieur courez mademoiselle at once she felt that it was cruel to draw attention to mademoiselle when she was dumpy and upset what a fool i am she moaned in her mind why can't i say the right thing ce n'est pas moi said mademoiselle qui fait les avancées the group walked on for a moment or two in silence bertha martin was swinging her left foot out across the curb with each step giving her right heel a little twirl to keep her balance you are very clever bertha said mademoiselle still in french but you will never make a prima ballerina hello breathed jimmy she's perking up isn't she said miriam feeling that she was throwing away the last shred of her dignity what was the matter she continued trying to escape from her confusion mademoiselle's instant response to her cry at the sight of pastor lahmann rang in her ears she blushed to the soles of her feet how could mademoiselle misunderstand her insane remark what did she mean what did she really think of her just kind old lahmann walking along there in the outside world she did not want to stop him 
he was a sort of kinsman for mademoiselle that was what she had meant oh why couldn't she get away from all these girls indeed and again she saw the hurrying figure which had disappeared leaving the boulevard with its usual effect of a great strange ocean he could have brought help and comfort to all of them if he had seen them and stopped pastor lahmann lahmann perhaps she would not see him again perhaps he could tell her what she ought to do oh my dear jimmy was saying didn't you know a fearful row mademoiselle's laughter tinkled out from the rear a row fearful jimmy's face came round round-eyed under her white sailor hat that sat slightly tilted on the peak of her hair what about something about a letter or something or some letters or something i don't know something she took out of the letter-box it was unlocked or something and ulrica saw her and told lily goodness breathed miriam yes and lily had her in her room and ulrica and poor little petite couldn't deny it ulrica said she did nothing but cry and cry she'd been crying all the morning poor little pig why did she want to take anything out of the box oh i don't know there was a fearful row anyhow ulrica said lily talked like a clergyman wie ein Vater. i don't know ulrica said she was opening a letter i don't know but she can't read german or english i don't know ask me another it is extraordinary what's extraordinary asked bertha from the far side of jimmy petite in that letter oh what did the kitty want oh my dear don't ask me to explain the peculiarities of the french temperament yes but all the letters in the letter-box would be english or german as hendy says bertha glanced at miriam miriam flushed she could not discuss mademoiselle with two of the girls at once rum go said bertha you're right my son it's rum it's all over now anyhow there's no accounting for tastes poor old petite section five miriam woke in the moonlight she saw mademoiselle's face as it had looked at tea-time pale and cruel silent and very old someone had said she had been in frulein's room again all the afternoon frulein had spoken to her once or twice during tea she had answered coolly and eagerly disgusting like a child that had been whipped and forgiven how could frulein dare to forgive anybody she lay motionless the night was cool the screens had not been moved she felt that the door was shut after a while she began in imagination a conversation with eve you see the trouble was she said and saw eve's downcast believing admiring sympathetic face frulein talked to me about manner she simply wanted me to grimace simply you know be like other people eve laughed yes i know you see simply well if you wanted to stay why couldn't you i simply couldn't you know how people are but you can act so splendidly but you can't keep it up why not eve there you are you see you always go back i mean i think it would be simply lovely if i were clever like you i should do it all the time be simply always gushing and charming then she reminded eve of the day they had walked up the lane to the heath talking over all the manners they would like to have and how sarah suddenly in the middle of supper had caricatured the one they had chosen of course you overdid it she concluded and eve crimsoned and said oh yes i know it was my fault but you could have begun all over again in germany and been quite different yes i know i thought about that but if you knew as much of the world as i do eve stared showing a faint resentment miriam thought of eve's many suitors of her six months betrothal of her life-long peacemaking her experiment in being governess to the two children of an artist 
a little green-road boy threatening her with a knife yes but i mean if you had been about i know smiled eve confidently you mean if i were you go on i know explain old thing well i mean of course if you are a governess in a school you can't be jolly and charming you can't be idiotic or anything i did think about it don't tell anybody but i thought for a little while i might go into a family one of the girls families the german girls and begin having a german manner two of the girls asked me one of them was ill and went away that pomeranian one i told you about well then i didn't tell you about that little one and her sister they asked me to go to them for the holidays the youngest said it was so absurd you shall marry my brother he is merchant very velty absurd not absurd you probably would have away from that school do you think so yes you would have been a regular german fat and jolly and laughing i know my dear i thought about it you may imagine i wondered if i ought why didn't you try why not why was she not going to try eve would she was sure in her place why not grimace and be very bright and animated until the end of the term and then go and stay with the bergmans for two months and be as charming as she could her heart sank she imagined a house everyone kind and blonde and smiling emma's big tall brother smiling and joking and liking her she would laugh and pretend and flirt like the pools and make up to him and it would be lovely for a little while then she would offend someone she would offend everyone but emma and get tired and cross and lose her temper stare at them all as they said the things everybody said the things she hated and she would sit glowering and suddenly refuse to allow the women to be familiar with her she tried to see the brother more clearly she looked at the screen the bergman's house would be full of german furniture at the end of a week every bit of it would reproach her she tried to imagine him without the house and the family not talking or joking or pretending alone and sad despising his family needing her he loved forests and music he had a great strong solid voice and was strong and sure about everything and she need never worry any more seit ich ihn gesehen glaub ich blind zu sein there would be a garden and german springs and summers and sunsets and strong kind arms and a shoulder she would grow so happy no one would recognize her as the same person she would wear a band of turquoise blue velvet ribbon round her hair and look at the mountains no good she could never get out to that never she could not pretend long enough everything would be at an end long before there was any chance of her turning into a happy german woman certainly with a german man she would be angry at once she thought of the men she had seen in the streets in cafes and gardens the masters in the school photographs in the girls albums they had all offended her at once something in their bearing and manner blind and impudent she thought of the interview she had witnessed between ulrica and her cousin the cousin coming up from the estate in erfurt arriving in a carriage Fräulein's manner her smiles and hints ulrica standing in the saal in her sprigged saffron muslin dress curtsying with bent head the cousin's condescending laughing voice it would never do for her to go into a german home she must not say anything about the chance of going to the bergmans even to eve she imagined eve sitting listening in the window space in the bow that was carpeted with linoleum to look like parquet flooring beyond them lay the length of the turkey carpet darkening away under the long table she could see each object on the shining sideboard 
the silver biscuit-box and the large epergne made her feel guilty and shifting guilty from the beginning of things you see eve i thought counting it all up that if i came home it would cost less than going to norderney and that all the expense of my going to germany and coming back is less than what it would have cost to keep me at home for the five months i've been there i wish you'd tell everybody that end of chapter ten section five recording by expatriate in bangor maine